This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in to Americana Music Profiles. It's Season 3, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine in print and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com online. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's join in on another great conversation with one of the Americana music industry's super talented artists. Norm Brunet from Ottawa, Canada, is our guest on this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Today we talk about Norm's latest project, It Doesn't Get Better Than This. Hi, Norm. Welcome to the podcast this afternoon. How are you doing? I'm doing great, uh, Greg. Thanks for having me. Yes, absolutely. Great to to get a chance to talk to you. So we are um, uh, crossing borders here today. You are in uh, Ottawa, Canada, right? That's uh, Yeah, that's right. I'm in Ottawa, Canada, um, where I've been living most of my life and spent uh, uh, most of my home base here uh, since uh, I've been uh, in the music business. How long have you been in the music business? Uh, officially, professionally, in, uh, just a little over 30 years, but um, I got a, an early start. Uh, I got an early bug when I was a kid, uh, about nine years old. I started uh, um, fooling around with, a, with an old guitar that uh, my uncle had, and uh, I got the bug, and then about thir- and I started playing on it, and at about 13 years old, um, I was getting pretty good at playing the guitar and and making up songs and you know like picking up uh, verses and stuff like that and uh, got together with a bunch of uh, buddies uh, as as all of us did in those days and you know just formed a band and started playing in the house parties and the school uh, gymnasiums and stuff like that and then it just evolved from there. So you started kind of out of the gate as a as a songwriter then? Uh, well, not a good one. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yes, uh, um, you know, I emulated the, the, the bands of, of those days, you know, like in the, in the 60s and 70s, uh, you know, as a kid, uh, you know, eight, nine years old, uh, uh, you know, listening to the Beatles, to Rolling Stones. I mean, back in those days, the radios weren't formatted in, in any way, so you could you know, one song could be the Beatles. The next song could be uh, uh, Lawrence Funk. The next song could have been Frank Sinatra, and then, and so on and so on. Right, right. So um, it just you know, like I, I mean, I, I realized that, that music was something that I that I really enjoyed, and uh, I never thought about the creative process. It just sort of happened. Who were some of your uh, early influences? Who, wh- what artists were the ones that inspired you the most during that early phase of your life? Well, 
you know, I would say, you know, by the time I started, you know, getting serious about songwriting uh, and, and, and uh, you know, performing, you know, at, at local clubs and you know, across the country and across the city, um, I was really heavily into the Eagles, like who wasn't? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, bands like Poco, uh, uh, you know, you know that, that, that California-tinged, country rock sounds right. were really what you know grabbed my attention is the you know the twelve string guitars, the acoustic guitars and, and the, the harmony vocals it's just like you know logins in the scene is that I really enjoyed back in those days. But you know, so you know, I just got the bug listening to them and they sort of influenced me and I and I well I like to think it, it shows in some of my music but uh uh, if it doesn't, in my mind, it does. <laughs> <laughs> so that was uh, uh, roughly m- middle school age, and 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 forward. Then, what what did the early stage of your career look like? Did you when did you feel like it was something that you wanted to pursue professionally? Well, you know, after like most artists do, you know, you. You break yourself into uh, playing the clubs and you know the school of hard knocks, and uh, you learn very quickly that basically if you're out there trying to play your own songs, you're not going to be uh, appreciated. You basically have to be a human jukebox, like you know. Sure. Yeah. It, it's business. You know, the club owner wants to sell uh, some some refreshments, and uh, you got to keep the people interested. So, right. Right. You know, like everybody, I got into that, but I never. You know, I was sneaking a, an original song here and there, and as it grew, people started enjoying it, and uh, uh, I've always created my own opportunities. I, I haven't been fortunate enough to have somebody knocking on my door and say, hey, kid, sign here, and we'll make you a star. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that doesn't just, happen to uh, a lot my, of people. <laughs> no. <laughs> so my entrepreneurial skills, I guess... Uh, from uh, you know university, I was uh, studied in uh, uh, marketing and business administration. So right out of university, I went out and started doing the club circuit and um, raised uh, some money and, and uh, went out and recorded my very first album that uh, it's called Me and My Guitar, and uh-huh. it, uh, it garnered some pretty serious airplay here in Canada. I mean, I, I think one of my singles went up to a top five. Oh, great! Okay, and. Uh, Video from I think it was the second or third single release off the album Three Root Mansion uh, got some pretty good airplay and uh, much musics uh, which is like MTV in the states. Uh-huh. Um, they had a country hour or a couple hours once a week and uh, I got some play on that in, in our national uh, television broadcast of the CBC uh, television. And they played it uh, as well and uh, so I just opened the doors for. for Sort of better gigs, right. and, uh, from from the local bar, standing in the corner playing an acoustic guitar by myself. I I got to play with the band and started playing uh, bigger clubs. And then came the second album, uh, Life Goes On, um, and uh, that as well got some airplay. So it just evolved over the years. And I took a, a bit of a break. Um, it's, it's kind of uh, it's still what, 13 years since my last album. Oh wow! Okay. You know, I'm I'm a if I don't have anything to say, I don't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm a I'm a certified golf fanatic. So I spend a lot of my time playing golf. But 
I just got the inspiration last year, most of 216 and, and the early part of 217. I, I just, uh, I, I, I can't remember how many songs I wrote, but I hadn't written in so long. Uh-huh. And I kind of thought, you know, it creeps into your mind after a while, saying, well, maybe maybe I'm done, maybe I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are worse things in life, but, uh, you know, I, I didn't go crazy over it. But the inspiration came, and heck, it just came out and flowing and flowing and flowing. Wow, that's cool. Uh, which gave me the opportunity to uh, to, to seek out uh, two of my former bandmates that were involved in my first album, uh, Victor Israel and Dan Artuso, uh, phenomenal musicians. And um, we co-produced this uh, latest album uh, called Don't Get Better Than This. And the uh, title track of the album is the first single that was released uh, September 29th on all the digital platforms. And this coming Monday, November 6th, it hits radio. Okay, awesome. And uh, November 10th, the album will be available on all the digital platforms. Uh And uh, for those who may be interested, if you... Uh, download the album now. Uh, you pre-order it now, sort of before it, uh, it's officially released. Get the uh, first thing we don't get this uh, for free. Okay, that's great. I, I um, the overall feel of the album, I, I say, probably lends itself more to kind of the Americana template, but that particular song that you just mentioned, the the title track of that, I I like the. Um, uh, the use of of mandolin in there kind of gives it that that grassy uh, tinge, uh, which which seems to fit in with the the way the roots music uh, scene seems to be kind of blending itself these days. Yeah, absolutely. There's another track on the album that has mandolin as well. Called Can't stop thinking, um, and um, there's quite a few songs that are very. I mean, you can, you don't have difficulty in identifying and saying, well, that's a nice, you know, that's Americana. Right. Uh, there's straight up uh, traditional country with the song called Pull Me in that one. And then we have uh, a couple of tunes that are a little more up tempo, rocking, uh, good times in Canada, has put some life back in life, and Hardbaker Girl, which Hardbaker told us was a had the country rocker. So there's a there's, there's music there's, uh, for every taste on this album, which is always in my approach. I mean, I've never, you know, even if somebody had approached me, you know, here's a, or, you know, we want you to write this kind of song or we want you to record this, this song. Um, I'm true to myself. And um, like I said earlier, if I don't have anything to say, I don't say it. Yeah. Uh, I haven't recorded it. Um, on all of my albums, there's a there's a nice blend of music that uh, appeals to uh, you know all kinds of genres, and, and uh, maybe that's kind of why that uh, I've been uh, widely accepted uh, here and uh, sure. gotten the uh, the support that I have over the years. You know, Has, you said you took a break. Um, I, I'm guessing that meant that you you kind of went back into the corporate world and and did something else, or, or have you always been able to uh, find a way to to make a living off the music? No, I've always uh, enjoyed uh, uh, making a living off of music. And uh, when I say I took a break, I, I took a break from recording and writing. I just I, just, I never stopped playing. But, okay, okay. Uh, so it, it just got to a point where. 
you know, when 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 you've done the circuit uh, a couple of times and you don't have anything to, <laughs> to, right. to think about, it's like okay, I've seen this guy and I've heard his song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, good for us. The Canada is a huge place, so <laughs> by the time the circuit's over. Uh, you're pretty done. You pretty much done a whole year, so yeah, it's been okay. So you've actually been able to to be a quote full time musician all this time without having to do much any other sort of side income work, then, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah, that that that's uh, uh, the dream of many. So I, I uh, my hats off to you for that for sure. Thanks. Um, and we were talking off air. You, you said that uh, with this new project, that that your goal is to uh, to get into the United States. You've got a, a trip planned soon to Nashville, and uh, you want to bring your music uh, uh, this way. Um, has it is this a new thing for you, or have you been able to do some touring in the states prior to this? Um, I did uh, a couple of shows in Florida last winter. I was down for the holidays, and lo and behold, uh, you know, I was asked to do some stuff, and I'm like, okay, because <laughs> um, it, it was a holiday. Yeah. And, um, and I, you know, after all these years of playing in Canada, and, and I had never thought of doing this, doing stuff in the States, but, you know, like, uh, I was surprised how, how the reception was, and Wow, so I, I've got some shows lined up um, coming up on the week of November 13th, pardon me. Um, it's going to be at the Commodore Grill in Nashville uh-huh. on the, the 13th. I'm doing the Belmont Taps uh, on the 14th of November. That's actually a taping for a TV show. And um, after that, uh, on the 15th, I'm doing Sam's Jams at uh, Bobby's Idol uh, again in Nashville. Uh-huh. And then on Thursday the 16th, I'm doing um, the Iceman, uh, Bob, Bobby Golombowski, the Iceman uh, radio show that's uh, syndicated across 140 countries. Right. So I'm doing a live gig there. And um, yeah, so uh, I, was in, I was in Nashville on September 13th attending uh, a SOCAN reception for family and friends. So all the SOCAN is like ASCAP BMI, it's the Canadian version of it. Right, okay. And uh, the the songwriters that uh, do some work in Nashville are invited to this event, and uh, they honor the the songwriters and and, uh, folks that are spending some time in Nashville and others like me who visit Nashville. So I wasn't honored with anything, mind you, but... uh, uh, I was uh, nice enough. To, it was nice. They were nice enough, pardon me, to invite me. So I took in the opportunity, and while I was there, I, I knocked on a few doors, and uh, they they were open, wide open. So I thought, well, wow, hell, yeah. Uh, and then yeah. I started getting these uh, these offers to do some of these uh, shows. So uh, I'm not going to say no to that. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. So I, I'm guessing the uh, the goal would be to expand that if you could, then, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, that's, well, I, I won't be able to extend the show that I after the 16th because I've got some stuff lined up for Florida. But uh, uh, perhaps something else will come about, and uh, I'm eyeing South Carolina as well. So we'll see what ha- what uh, what is added uh, along the way. And uh, absolutely, uh, I certainly uh, would be happy to do it. Have you done enough of the uh, uh, of playing in the United States to to have the, uh, any sense of how it how it differs and how it's the same 
to the type of, of, of traveling and touring that you do in Canada. Do, is it similar, or do you find the audience and the, the venues different in some way? No, I mean, uh, uh, a music lover is a music lover, and uh, there are more. Uh, there seems to be more um, uh, acceptance is not the word I'm looking for, but there seems to be more uh, uh, fans of country music in the States than there are in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, no, uh, the the venues are essentially the same. You have small ones, you have large ones, you mm-hmm. have festivals, you have festivals. And, uh, no, it's the same. I mean, uh, even in Europe, uh, it's, it's uh, very similar. Uh, a diehard uh, country Americana fan is uh, is uh, the same here as uh, in Europe or, yeah. or in the States. And it's, it's more prominent in the States, which is what's interesting to me. So that's a, an untapped and an unde- undeveloped uh, territory for me that I'm trying to take. Sure, yeah, especially since you haven't haven't had a chance to play much here, so... That's that's great. Do, do you do you find your music fits with uh, festival audiences? Have you done much of that? Uh, well, not in the states, but in Canada, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, even from the last, uh, the previous albums, uh, there's, a, I, there's a lot of songs that uh, people still remember, and it's it's amazing when you're playing, and and you can hear the crowd singing uh, the choruses, and you know you stop singing and. It's like a huge choir. <laughs> so that's nice too. Yeah, but sure. I'm sure that's yet on the new album, but uh, yeah, nothing, nothing of that uh, magnitude on the new album because uh, uh, it's not known yet. But uh, I certainly count on, on uh, getting folks to, uh, to like it and, uh, and listen to it. Do you have a favorite track on this new record that you're excited about? Well, obviously the first single, uh, and, and uh, what's special to me about that is it was the very first song that I, uh, that I wrote for this album, uh-huh. and uh, I had met this, um, this young couple who were traveling. Um, he, was, he was a trucker, and he was uh, traveling with them, and their parents were, you know, taking care of the kids for a few days. His mom needed a bit of a break, so they don't have much money, and uh, they're having trouble making ends meet. It's so refreshing to hear them, you know, talk about how you know they, they don't have any of the modern trappings of life, you know? right? Um, and they found happiness in the simple things in life. You know, the, the love for each other, the love of their kids, their friends, uh, and their very devout Christians uh, and it just like sparked uh, something in me, and and that's how this song came about. They don't get better than this. Yeah, and uh, so that's special. Man, I don't see the other one is probably my first track on the album. The one with a lot of mandolin in it. Uh, can't stop thinking of you. It's uh, that was uh, you know uh, you can't get some special out of your mind. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, that came about, and uh, I really like that one. Yeah, yeah, but. Uh, I've been told uh, by folks who have uh, purchased a hard copy uh, from uh, my my fans up here and from those who have communicated with me on the Facebook page that have downloaded the single, um, you know, and they've listened to uh, snippets of it on iTunes or on SoundCloud. They've heard the whole uh, the whole tracks and they've 
there's not one. I've been I've been told there isn't one track that that is not likable. There. Yeah, that's it's great. So, uh, I got my fingers crossed on this one, so. We'll see where it takes me. Yeah. <laughs> so the the new album is called It Don't Get Better Than This. Uh, Norm Brene. Tell folks how they can uh, find a copy, uh, get in touch with you if they want to find out more about your schedule. What's the best way to reach you? Uh, you can uh, check out my Facebook page, uh, Norm Brene Music. Uh, and you can check out my web page, which is uh, com. And uh, it's, like I said, it's available on all the digital platforms right now. Uh, iTunes being probably, iTunes and Amazon probably being the bigger ones. But uh, as I mentioned, if uh, you check out Norm Brune on iTunes, uh, B-R-U-N-E-T, uh, it'll take you to uh, uh, my, uh, my page, I imagine, and uh, you can pre-order the album uh, right now before November 10th when it's released. And uh, you'll get the first single for free out of that. Uh, I appreciate you clarifying. It's pronounced Brunet, but spelled brunette. So we want to make sure that uh, people get that correct when they go looking for you, too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Thanks, Norm. French Canadian, French Canadian version of brunette. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it, Norm. Thanks. It's been good talking to you. Thanks, Greg. Take care. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions, and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at IntoHistory.com.